Hello, hello, welcome to the Monday Morning Cornerman. I'm your host, Luke Palmer Divers, and this is the podcast where we talk about everything MMA, including fight predictions, results, MMA news, and more. Today is Monday, the 19th of October, and we had originally recorded this early morning in South Korean time. I had clicked record and then it just stopped recording. 45 minutes into it and it then deleted everything so it's not like it just saved it after everything it completely deleted everything i was so so angry and then uh, by that time i'd already spent all the time doing most of the podcast i was like this close to wrapping up the podcast completely for that episode looked down and realized like the little ticker had stopped And I was like, oh, no, what's gone on? And realized it's all gone. Everything I'd done and all gone. Um, And by the time I was all finished with everything or thought I was going to be finished, um, I needed to go to work. So I haven't had time to do it. The the time right now is 11 at night here in South Korea on Monday. Um, If I can get everything done in time, then hopefully it will still be out Monday morning Los Angeles time. If you're listening over there, who knows? It'd definitely be past uh, midday in the UK. I know that much. And uh, by the time I finish editing everything and getting everything sorted, it will be Tuesday by the time the podcast comes out in South Korea. So uh, wish me luck. Yeah, fingers crossed. And we're doing this video in as well. Don't know if we're going to be releasing the video for this one or not, but we're definitely doing a test run. Because like I said before, we definitely want to get this out onto YouTube. But we've got to figure out all the ins and outs. This green screen behind me, I've got the green screen. I've got it all hung up and everything. And I'm trying to, <laughs> trying to iron it, get all the creases out so it looks okay for like the video. And it's so big and so long that I'll iron one side of it. And then as soon as I'm done with the other side, I've got to do like the other half. And... Because it's so big, it like creases as I'm ironing it because it hits like the floor and I'm having to go around each side, like um, tug it a bit and try and straighten everything out. And it's impossible. It's absolutely impossible to get it completely free of creases, um, even though that's the a- the goal at the end of it. Um, who knows? Maybe, maybe it'll be OK. Maybe it'll be OK. Fingers crossed. I'm definitely hoping it will be OK. Um, what's happened? What's happened this week? So, mm, I was going to the gym, kickboxing, jiu-jitsu, things like that. And the past couple of weeks, I've been really lazy, only going once or twice a week for the past two weeks. And then the week just gone, I was like, enough's enough. I'm going to do double sessions. I'm going to do kickboxing and jiu-jitsu every day, back to back. And it did near enough kill me. Um, it really did almost kill me. At the end of the at the end of the week on the Friday, my shoulder was so done; it was absolutely killing me. I mean, I thought it was like I pinched a nerve or something at first, but I hadn't. It was just like the muscle had been uh, it just worn. I'm getting old. I'm getting old. I knew the day would come. I knew the day would come. Didn't think it would be this early, but here we are. Um, so I did all of it, did all like all, all the sessions. I was I was proud just to get through it. This week is a bit tricky because 
podcast situation. I've got some commitments on Tuesday and then we'll go straight back into doing double sessions as well. Uh, one point during jujitsu, they paired me up with a, a fairly new guy. Like I'm a white belt. I've only got one strike, but this guy was like a lot newer than I am. And I say they paired me up. No one paired me up. We just kind of, everyone got in pairs and we were the ones left. I was like, oh, okay, let's go. Let's go do it. So we're doing this lesson and it's all in Korean and I still can't speak any Korean yet or, or hear it. So I'm trying my best to like follow everything and then rolling with the new guy and like drilling some stuff. I had to like really pay attention to the lesson, what's being done and the movements and try and relay it to him because he's so new and everything. And then even and he doesn't speak English. So I'm trying to tell him like by my movements and go really slow and uh, and hopefully we can get the best out of the lesson as possible. But I tell you, I've never concentrated so hard in my life because I don't speak the language. I was like looking at everything like really concentrated. You know, sometimes your your mind kind of wanders a bit. Oh, if I did this or that or God, I've got to make dinner later or something like that. No, I was really concentrating really, really hard. Um, another thing that happened during that week was. I nearly blacked out, which is a bit funny. I nearly blacked out. So I, last week, week before, I can't quite remember when it was. I think I said it before. Someone choked me out with a scarf hold, which was just a scarf hold. They cranked my neck really tight. And I, it felt like it, it was tough to breathe, but it's not a choke. So it's, it's just really uncomfortable on the neck. So we're doing that. And um, the first time I tapped to it, saw a guy do it on the UFC. I was like, oh, thank God it's not just me that taps to it. So it does it again during this week. I'm like, no, I'm not tapping to it. I'm not tapping to it. But this time he gets like his little knuckle, like and digs it into my throat, which is is illegal, I believe. But if the ref doesn't see it, then what is he going to do? And I was like, no. So I kind of did it back a bit. And uh, <laughs> and I was like, this isn't a proper joke. I'm not going to tap from it. I'm not going to tap for it. And at one point, like just the edges went a little bit black and I started seeing stars. I was like, oh, we're getting a bit close. We're really uh, touch and go on this, mate. You might just you might just be better off tapping here. And he he gave up first. So I was like, yes, yes, yes. I did it. But I should be better. I should have just tapped. You know what they say? Tap often, tap frequently, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but it was good fun. I had a really good blast last week just doing everything and rolling. All my friends just started jujitsu. So happy, so happy. So when he gets a bit better and he's into it, we can do some rolling and stuff and drills and stuff. That would be great. And one of my mates is coming back to jiu-jitsu this week. So that's perfect. Everyone's everyone's coming back. <laughs> Maybe I had an influence. Mm, who knows? Hopefully. Whatever. Doesn't matter. Everyone's getting into it. Right. Should we get into these fights? Yes, Luke. Yes, we should. Why am I talking to myself? Right. Come on. Let's get into it. Right. So... What should we go about first? We have to go through the main event, right? And this was a big one. This was a big one. Bear in mind, I'm in South Korea. So this is Korean zombie fighting. Chan Sung Jung, okay, versus Brian Ortega. Brian Ortega comes into this fight 14 and 1, won no contest. His only loss being to Max Holloway, for a, and it was a championship fight. So he got all that way up to a championship belt for the featherweight championship of the world, the UFC, 
gets that far and falls short. In that fight, I believe the fight was stopped in the fourth round. Referee stoppage, I believe, because Ortega just took so much punishment. Max Holloway was quicker and faster and everything in that fight. And he then after that, he takes some time off. I don't know how long he takes. It feels like two years. I don't think it was that long at all. I think it was probably just a year because he was supposed to fight Korean Zombie last year, December, in Busan, in South Korea, which I went and saw, but Ortega had to pull out due to injury. So um, who was replaced? Who was replaced? Who was replaced? Frankie Edgar. Yeah, Frankie Edgar. And Korean Zombie dominated that fight. It was awesome to watch. Awesome. So he's looking like that was his first loss, Ortega, the Max Holloway fight. So then he comes in and they finally get to fight. Korean Zombie comes into this fight with that win over Frankie Edgar in South Korea. So he's on a massive high, surely. And I tell you, everyone, obviously everyone in South Korea is rooting for Korean Zombie to win. We won a Korean champion, for crying out loud. Give us a Korean champion. Because this fight is a number one contender fight. So whoever wins this is going to get a shot at the belt. Brian Ortega's already had a shot at the belt. So has Korean Zombie when the belt was previously held by Jose Aldo. And he fell short in that. So this is an opportunity for both guys to have another go at this. To get all the way to the top and claim that belt. Um, another thing I should mention is going into the fight, there was a bit of beef, Twitter beef, Jay Park, who is really good friends with Korean Zombie. And I think, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, someone, but I think Korean Zombie signed to Jay Park's management company or something along those lines. So there's a professional relationship as well as like a friend relationship there as well. They're all at a fight together and Brian Ortega sat very close there's been some words exchanged, I think, particularly on the Ariel Hawani show. And Ortega doesn't like it. Korean Zombie's walked off. And this at a UFC event. Korean Zombie's walked off. Ortega's slapped Jay Park, which you don't do. I believe I talked about this on the previous podcast, actually. Yeah, which you don't do. Disrespect. And uh, Korean Zombie was just like, you don't do that. We're professional fighters. Yeah, we're professional fighters. He's not... You don't do that as a civilian, etc., etc. So let's get into this fight, which there's some animosity going into the fight, which makes always makes it better. The fight goes on, and as it goes on, the fight goes all five rounds, I should mention. The fight goes all five rounds. As it progresses, you can just see that Ortega's got the upper hand. Immediately, you notice his stance is better. He's got more of a striking stance. He's got a wider stance. And he's moving in and out better. He's setting things up better than he ever has. With the Max Holloway fight he had before, that's how he lost, is his stand-up wasn't good enough. So he's gone away, worked on it, and I believe he did say at one point he'd been training Muay Thai a lot in preparation for this fight. And it showed. First round, they're just feeling each other out a lot. Korean Zombie really likes to, like, mm, he likes to wait there. Like, almost almost hold his head in place, knowing you're going to aim for it at some point. And as soon as he notices something move, like his shoulder or something, he's going to move out the way 
and counter you with a couple of different punches as well. Almost like mini hooks as well. He's really good at that. If he's not waiting for you to come to him, he's going to charge forward with punches. Moving forward, he's going to charge straight at you. Brian Ortega, let's say this is going into the second round now because the first round was all feeling out process mainly. Second round, Ortega's not falling for it and is setting up feints perfectly for Zombie to fall into. And Zombie's getting hit with some hard jabs. Hard left and hard right jabs. And at one point, he gets hit with a spinning back fist. And I was, I nearly, well, I shouted. I did shout. I was like, no, I shouted out. I was watching it with a friend. I shouted. And then after that, because it was a spinning back fist, and we'd seen that before in the Yara Riguez fight, the Yara Riguez fight, Zombie got hit with the spinning elbow, like at that awkward al- uh, angle coming up, gets hit, gets KO'd in the last second of the last round. I was like, oh my God, no, it's going to happen again. It didn't. Zombie carries on, clues in the name, Zombie. He just keeps moving forward and it carried on. And then from there on out, I was silent with the entire fight. I was so nervous. When I'm emotionally invested in a fight, I go, go I'm really quiet and I, and I hate it if anyone's talking. Like sometimes I talk and that's fine. But if someone else talks... I get really eggy. Like, I'm trying to watch. I'm trying to watch. Shush, shush, shush. Um, so for the rest of the fight, I was super, super nervous. In fairness, Zombie throughout this fight gets, like, big hits as well. And as it goes on as well, Ortega does a really good thing of mixing up wrestling with his stand-up. So he'll go in and he'll, like, go for the right right hand, go for the leg but come over with a left hand over the top and that clips on me a couple of times, a couple of different times, but he couldn't use it too much. He had to do it sparingly. And then he'd also mix that in with legit takedowns as well. Took zombie down a couple of times, but zombie's got such good takedown defense that he'd, he'd um, defend the takedown. Or if it did go to the ground, he was up within 10 seconds, probably less. Something like that. Don't hold me. Don't hold me to direct numbers of seconds, please. Please. Okay. <laughs> but it, that was my point. Like, he has really good takedown defense. It carries on and it goes all five rounds. It goes to the judges' scorecard. Ortega gets the win. And I was. I don't know if Zombie won a single round. I, I, I don't know. But it, it, the entire fight just looked like it was going Ortega's way. Zombie got cut above the left eye, I believe, his left eye. And because of that, I mean, it just like, because he had blood and stuff, it looked like it was getting the worst. And also Ortega had the bigger hits that obviously had effect. Like, he dropped Zombie once, maybe twice, I can't remember. But because he dropped it, obviously that's points as well. Post-fight press conference for Brian Ortega... He's obviously beaten up and bruised as well. You can see swelling on his right cheek and you can see marks all over. But overall, he hit harder than Zombie. And I think Zombie waited too much in this fight. He was waiting for Ortega to come to him. And they both wanted to capitalize on 
whoever's going to strike first. But I think Ortega was setting it up much better with the fakes and things like that. It was a great fight. I mean, I am bitterly disappointed. I had dreams of doing this podcast like with the Korean National Anthem or with the Cranberry Zombie, Zombie song, like to intertwine everything and be like, oh my God, he had a massive victory. But it didn't work out like that, man. Fair play to Ortega. He's going to go and get that title fight again. And that'll be a big, big fight against uh, Volkanovski now, who's holding the title now. So I'll be looking forward to that one. Right, let's move on. So that was the main event. We're going to now move on to the co-main event. And as you may have noticed, we're doing things a bit differently this time. I'm starting with the main event and working backwards because I think people it'd be more interesting to hear the podcast that way because I think people know the bigger names first and that's what you want to hear about first and my opinions on it and then we'll work our way down the card then into the prelims so next we've got the co-main event after that main event or I should say before oh no this is going to get confusing anyway we've got the co-main event this is Caitlin Chikugian versus Jessica Andrade now Jessica Andrade moves up a weight class, up into the flyweight division. In the division below, she had recently had, well, she had won the title and then lost the title. And then had a rematch against Rose Yaman Nunes. So let me explain. She fought and won her title against Rose Yaman Nunes. I'm saying that right. Then she lost her belt to Zhang Wei Li after she has a rematch against Rose Yamanunez. Nunez, I can never say it right. Ah, but loses loses that fight. Okay. After that, she's moved up to this weight class, and I believe she's trying to get another title. She doesn't have to cut all this weight this time, which is perfect. And she's going up against Caitlin Chukugian. Chukugian. Kugian. I don't know. I'm I'm always going to get these names wrong. I swear to God, unless they're easy for me, I'm always going to get them wrong. Chikugian. Anyway, Chikugian's, she's had a um, championship fight before, which she lost. So she's had a shot at the belt before. She's a longer fighter, ranger fighter, taller fighter than Jessica Andrade. So it was a good test to see where Andrade will be in this weight division. So let's get into it. I mean, I had Jessica to win by decision. And she gets it done in the first round, last five seconds. So four minutes, 55 seconds of the first round, she gets it done. And um, she's just looking like looking like the harder puncher all the way through the fight. And she gets, she gets Chukugan with a low body shot, right? Like a... Just a hard body shot, probably right hand. And as soon as it lands, you can see Caitlin's just like, it really hurts her. And she kind of spins away from Jessica. Like, to, or I, it looked like to not show her face. But, I mean, Jessica saw it. She, she went flying across the octagon, like running with a flying knee and just finishes it off with like a barrage of punches until Jakugan drops to the floor and the ref calls it off. She was obviously hurt. Maybe she broke a rib. Who knows? We've seen that recently with Tyron Woodley. So 
Andrade looked incredible. She she closed the distance really well, and she just looked incredible. I mean, that power is there. So much so that maybe she could go up another weight class. Who knows? Maybe she could get as many belts as possible. Who knows? But it's great to see in this weight class. She's now ranked, I'm guessing, because she wasn't ranked going in because it was a new weight class. She must be ranked now. I'll check that out a, a bit later. But yeah, awesome fight. Really good. Really good. And done in the first round. That's what I like to see. Next, we've got light heavyweights. Jimmy Crew. Australian guy, I think. <gasps> I hope I've got that right. And he's not New Zealand. I'm pretty sure he's Australian. And then we've got oh, another one that I can't pronounce. Modstas Bukakis. Bukaskus. Bukaskus. Oh my God, this is going to be so hard. Bukaskus. I think he's uh, he's had one fight in the UFC and he re I believe he retired the guy. Yeah, they he retired the guy after the first round, which is pretty cool. So he goes up against Jimmy Crute. Jimmy Crute's um eleven and one going into this, I believe. And then the other guy, because I'm so scared to say his name, Bukaskus, goes at eleven and two. So both holding like really good records. And uh Jimmy Crute, two minutes and one second in the first round, goes straight down the pipe with the right, like straight down, gets him. Sends Bukaskus. Bukaskus. I'm gonna get so nervous every time. Bukaskus saying it. Oh, Bukaskus. He goes spinning. Sorry, after he gets hit, kind of goes spinning. Crew follows it up with a left hook. Drops him. Few more punches. Ref pulls him away, and it's all over. It was done really quick. And man, these guys pack a punch. Like, please watch out for Jimmy Crew going forwards. I think he's going to really climb up fast in this division. Really, really fast. I think I had Crute winning this, but by a Kimura or something like like any kind of submission. But he does it by punches. Fair play to the man. Well done. Really, really good. And the fight before that was Claudio Silva versus James Krause. That went all the way, all five rounds. It was a decision going to Kraus, I thought Claudio was going to win this fight because he's a bad, bad man in the sense that he's a really good submission artist. He's from Brazil, black belt, just like, oh, he's so good at submissions. So, so good. And I think Kraus ended like, someone said like a 13 fight, 13-year win streak or something crazy like that. I'll have to check out the statistics later. But, yeah, he ended like a, a long win streak. I think uh, Silva was going into the fight 14-1. and one. So, such an impressive record. Now he's 14-2. and two. Still impressive. Nothing to snub your nose at at all. Really, really good. Right, let's go over to the prelims because there's a couple of fights that I want to mention. And, um... Oh, yeah, man, these prelims in South Korea, they started at five in the morning. So I was so, so tired, but it was worth it because to kick off the prelims, the first fight of the prelims was Saeed Namagomedov 
Uh, I don't believe any relation to Habib Nurmagomedov, but I have seen him fight in the UFC Busan event. He was one of the fighters on that card. And in that fight that he had in, in Busan, he didn't look good. He was trying a lot of spinning back fists and stuff that just weren't coming off. And I was like, it was a, it was a bit disappointing. I mean, these days, if you have the name Nurmagomedov, you better be, be bloody good because of Habib's legendary status. You better be good. And he just wasn't in that. So I was just like, oh, I want to see how he does in this fight. Man, I'm so pleased I woke up that early because he gets it done in 51 seconds of the first round, man. Knockout. I can't remember if it was knockout or TKO, but man, it was done. Legit hit him so hard. Mark, what's his name? Mark Striegel. Striegel. Mark Striegel hit the man so hard and he went down and it was done. I was so happy to see that fight. So, and that I woke up that early to see that fight. It was bloody awesome. Okay, um, and one more that I want to mention on the prelims was uh, Park Jong-young versus John Phillips. John Phillips... Welsh boy, I nearly said English, that was bad. No, he's from Wales, man. And he fought against Hamzat Chemayev. I think maybe in his first UFC fight. It was definitely Chemayev's first UFC fight. Maybe John, John Phillips's first, I'm not quite sure. I'll have to double check. But in that fight against Chemayev, it was all wrestling from Chemayev, I think... Phillips threw two punches or got two punches in and the rest was just Hamzat just wrestling, wrestling, beating him down uh, for one whole round. And then the second round, he does the same thing and beats him with a um, dash choke, with a dash choke. So poor John Phillips has had a bit of a ride with it. And now he gets uh, punch Park John Young and... Again, this is another fighter I saw at Busan, man. And he was incredible in that. I thought he was really good. I mean, the fight was close, but you knew it was going Park's way. This fight was so, so dominant. Now, you want to bear in mind that John Phillips has had a fight where he's fought a wrestler and his wrestling was just not there against Hamzat, right? So Park Jung Young just goes in all wrestling. The poor guy, John Phillips, has got no chance at all. Okay, so the whole fight is basically wrestling and ground punches from the get-go. And you can see that um Park Jung Young's already like done wrestling in training because he's got like quite a raw cauliflower ear going into the fight. Let me read you out some statistics. Bear in mind, it does go all five rounds. Um, John Phillips does get, like, a punch or cut. No, he gets a punch in that causes a cut on Park above one of the eyes. But let me just read you these stats. Park had total ground control time of 13 minutes, 11 seconds of a 15-minute fight. And he does that in only four takedowns. Total strikes of the whole fight for him was 286. Total ground strikes, 
286. So everything he threw in that fight that landed... Yeah, landed, I guess. Yeah, was 286. 286. And this sets a new record. So I believe when Hamzat had that fight against John Phillips, he set a record for the middleweight division of most ground strikes thrown. Okay? Park smashes that out of the park, not only for middleweight division of UFC, but for the entire UFC. Most ground strikes. 286. That's bloody incredible, man. Please keep an eye out for Park Jun Young. Please, please, please. He's really, really bloody good, man. Really, really good. Okay, so that basically concludes that fight card. Um, what else happened this week in terms of fights? Chris Cyborg for Blenko. Blenko? Blenkow? In Bellator 249. It was her first win by submission, which is just awesome. Now, bearing in mind, uh, Cyborg now has had 25 fights in total. Out of 25 fights she's ever had, she's only got one submission win. How cool is that? First submission win at such a late point in her career. Well, I shouldn't be saying that. But, I mean, for so many fights to have happened for her, she then gets that submission. Really cool. That was in the... Second round, two minutes and 36 seconds in. And it was all just dominant Chris Cyborg stuff, like a uh, barrage of punches before it was ended, uh, goes to the ground, and then the rear naked choke. I mean, there was a bit of clinch work in the first round, I believe, as well. But it was just one of those fights that was just dominant Chris Cyborg, just typical Chris Cyborg kind of fight where she just smashes it out of the park. Uh, really good to watch. I only watched that one. I didn't see the rest of the Bellator card. It's mainly Americans and Brazilians fighting, I believe. But it was in the middle of the day for me in South Korea, like while I was working. So I couldn't watch it all. I just tried to catch that main event highlight. Glad I did those. Really good. Okay. And, oh, and we had Road FC here in South Korea. They had their ARC promotion number three card number three it's like road fc with africa tv so it's called arc and this is the third card they've done i just want to point out some fights here the main event of the evening il hak o versus unsun kim was and let me say this three times out of this world out of this world man it was done inside 10 seconds by il hak o Oh, that might be oh ill hack actually. Anyway, my point is it was bloody bloody good. I mean, I'm gonna put some some uh, highlights up on the Instagram for you to see. That was a crazy one. I think that was a uh, under ninety seven kilos. So I think that would have been a light heavyweight fight if I'm not mistaken. The one before that, there was a split decision between these two guys. Um, Don Kyungbae and Huruji. They it's an open weight fight, so they could weigh whatever they wanted. And that was really interesting to see. I mean, there was there was a lot of um uh, like they kind of gassed out quite quick, to be honest. But I mean, no, it was good. It was good to see. And another one before that was a a unanimous decision three rounder between uh C1 Park and Chansu Park. 
I guess I think because I'm reading this off Tapology that they might have the names back to front. But either way, uh, Siwon Park, he's a team stun gun guy, climbs to 5-0 and now. So 5-0 and unbeaten records. Just keep an eye out for him. Really good win for him as well. Um, and I'll try and put some links up where you can see like the whole event from Africa TV. I've got a link which I'm going to share with everyone. So if you want to go back and watch that, watch a bit of Korean MMA, that would be awesome. Right, let's head over to some main events, okay? So, uh, da -da -da -da, what has been happening this week? We've got Petter Yan. I call him Petter. I don't know how to say his first name. But Petter Yan versus Aljamain Sterling is confirmed for UFC 256. That's going to happen on December 12th which is going to be really good. So that's the bantamweight division. That's a title fight. Uh, would be really good to see. Bearing in mind, we just had um, Corey Samhagen versus Moraes. Charles Sonnen brought up a really good point on his YouTube videos that he does. And he said Samhagen should have, when he, you do your post-fight press conference, not conference, interview, post-fight interview in the Octagon, they get an opportunity to like call out who they want next. And he didn't call out Yan. He called out TJ Dillashaw and someone else. But he should have just gone for Yan. And this fight was kind of set up to just kind of push. Well, this is the impression I was getting from Charles Sonnen and his opinion was this fight, this uh, Sanhagen versus Moraes fight, was set up to almost push Sterling to one side. It could have potentially been a number one contender's fight. But then Sam Hagen doesn't call out the champion. So Sterling's getting this fight, which I always wanted. And I said it in the in the last podcast, podcast before. I can't quite remember. Al Jermaine Sterling deserves this fight. He is bloody incredible. I think he is so, so, so good. He's just, I don't know, maybe people don't know his name enough or something. He deserves this fight. It's a bit like Leon Edwards in the lightweight division. Am I going to say like, is that right? Or welterweight? <gasps> I can't remember. Anyway, point is, he's another guy that doesn't get enough shine and should be getting a title shot, okay? It was welterweight. It was welterweight. Sorry, guys. Yeah, Leon Edwards, welterweight division. He should be getting a shot. And Sterling deserves this. Good. I'm looking forward to December. Right, moving on, we got Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier, number two. So these guys, well, Conor McGregor released all those DMs from Dana White going back and forth and airing the dirty laundry on Twitter, which, like I've said before, I don't agree with. But as a result, I mean, Conor just wants a fight and... He's mentioned fighting Manny Pacquiao in a boxing fight. But before that, he wants to do Dustin Poirier. Now, because UFC weren't giving him any fights and Corona and stuff, they want it to be like in a stadium where people can pay to see Conor fight and big pay-per-view and stuff. Is all Any potential fight talks with him have been put on hold. So he went to Dustin. Hey, you know what? Come over to Dublin. We'll do an exhibition fight, just me and you. We'll televise it if we can in some way. It'll be an open weight class. All the money will go to charity. What do you say? Poirier said, 
yes, please, let's 100% do that. And as soon as it looked like, oh, it might be in the works for them to do it independently, the UFC were like, no, 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 hang on, these are our fighters, let's make this work. So it looks like they are going to make it work, and they're going to do it in January next year on the 23rd. Talks that it's likely going to be at £170 which is interesting, which means both guys go up. I mean, Connor's last fight was at 170 pounds, but it means Poirier would go up a weight class, which is quite interesting to see. Bearing in mind, that weight class is welterweight, and the last time they fought, they were both featherweight at 145 pounds. So, bit of an interesting one. Um, what's more interesting is it's rumoured to be a number one contender's fight for the lightweight division at 155, which seems a bit silly if they're going to be fighting a 170 at this fight. And if it's going to be a number one contender fight, it should be a 155 if the contender fight is for the 155 belt. It doesn't make any sense. Either way, Habib's really not happy with that stuff. He's just disagreeing with it on Twitter, I believe, and things like that. But yeah, right. Next, we've got Brian Ortega in this fight just gone against Korean Zombie. He shaved all his hair at weigh-ins. Not at the weigh-ins, I should say, before weigh-ins to make weight. Well, that's what we thought. I mean, we saw him shave his hair and everyone was like, I bet that's to make the weight. It must have been a difficult weight cut. So he shaved his hair. And he said, no, 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 I shaved my hair. I've been thinking about doing it for a while. And all my hairs I'm I'm donating to charity. Which you think, oh, that's really good. Oh, awesome. And I do think it's awesome. But I also do think it was to make weight. I think it's a bit too coincidental. And as a man that does shave his head or like gets like buzz cuts it or whatever, it his one wasn't very even. It looked rushed to make the weight, if I'm honest. So I do think it was to make the weight but it's going to charity I mean everyone wins in that situation and we saw a new uh a new look for Ortega which was interesting um in this past week we've also had Chemayev versus Darren Till talks they were both going live on Instagram trying to get Dana White to like jump in on both of their Instagram lives now I don't think they were talking to each other on Instagram live but i I was I was there, I saw it come up live and I, I did look at both and Chamayev was just hanging out on Abu Dhabi. Darren Till was just driving down some motorway in England somewhere and they were both trying to get this fight sorted. So we'll see. I think, I know Chamayev definitely, he sent a bunch of emojis to Till in the live chat where he was just like, death, knife, skull, dynamite, just all emojis saying, like, if you fight, I'm going to kill you. Um, but we'll see if that fight happens, man. It'll be an interesting one. I don't think there's much in it for Till, but, and I would prefer to see, there was talks of Chimaya fighting Neil Magny. I'd prefer to see that. But let's see what happens. And last bit of current events. Now, mentioned at the beginning of this that this is recording a bit later because we had trouble with recording, but it gave me the chance to get a bit of this news, which is Manson or Mason Jones signs with the UFC. Let me get this whole thing up. Oh, come on. 
Yeah, Ma yeah, Mason Jones. Thank God I got that right. Right, Mason Jones, who's a two-division champion at Cage Warriors. If you remember, they did the trilogy fights, and now we got the two championship belts. I mentioned it in one of the first podcasts we did. He gets two belts in Cage Warriors. And the last person to do that in Cage Warriors was Conor McGregor. We're like, UFC has got to sign him. Surely, well, finally, um, Friday, October, that must say 19th, not 9th. I signed a four-fight contract with the UFC, the biggest and best MMA organization in the world, he wrote. Uh, the moment when my dream came a reality. Big thanks to my coaching team and Graham Boylan for everything. Ah, oh, thank God. Thank God he's in there, finally. His record's 10-0, by the way. So he's going in UFC undefeated, which is a great record to have. Let's see what this man can do. And I think he would probably go to UFC as lightweight. Like I said, two two division champ. He's at lightweight and welterweight. But I reckon he's going to be going in at lightweight into the UFC. Man, I cannot wait to see this boy start fighting in UFC. That's going to be sick. Oh, that's going to be so, so good. I really look forward to that. I cannot, cannot, cannot wait. Right, that that concludes current events. I just want to talk a bit about the fights ahead because we've got the pay-per-view. We've got Habib Nurmagomedov versus Justin Gagey. So let's have a have a look at that. I mean, we know Habib is undefeated at 28 and 0. He's a wrestling phenom. We've got Justin Gagey the interim champion, looking to unify the belt and take the belt off Habib. We know that Justin Gagey is an all-or-nothing fighter. He's going in there. He's prepared to die every time he goes in. It's all-or-nothing. He's not concerned about getting hit. He just wants to throw punches himself and hit other people. <laughs> right, so um, oh, we know Justin, though, is a wrestler. I think he's an All-American wrestler, but I don't know that for a fact. I'll double-check it. But he has a wrestling background before he even started MMA. And in fact, when he started MMA, he only knew wrestling. He hadn't even trained stand-up punches, kicks, um, and jiu-jitsu. He hadn't trained any of that. He was only relying on his wrestling at the beginning of his career. So, let's see. I mean, this fight, I mean, we always say that i mean this is going to be a challenge for habib but we always say that every time habib fights a new person we say this might be the one this will be it we'll see i will say this though um habib's dad who's a massive influence on habib's life and his head coach and coached for him throughout his life raised him uh, did pass away from complications with coronavirus and this will be the first time he fights without his dad's being there, not necessarily being there in his corner, but just being there in general and being in fight camp, things like that. So, that I mean, that's going to take a toll and an effect on anyone. So let's see how he deals with that in this fight. I mean, one thing we know about Habib, he is very mentally strong. With everything that happened in the Conor McGregor fight, all the build-up to that didn't affect him. It was only right at the end that he let loose a bit more about it. So 
We know his mind's strong and capable of boxing things in and packing it away and getting on with the job and task at hand. But let's see. I mean, Justin against Tony Ferguson was incredible. That sets him up for this fight. And we saw a whole nother level of Justin being really, what's the right word? Composed and not going into aggressive with his stand-up game. It, which was great and setting things up well and cornering off really well after he's thrown. So, oh, let's see, man. It's going to be a really good one. Oh, one thing I got to mention if you are in South Korea like me and you want to see the fights, the prelims start at 1 a.m. and the main card starts at 3 a.m. So, either stay up all night or get an early night ready for these fights because it's going to be, I'm going to need a lot of coffee. That's all I'm going to say. The co-main event of this pay-per-view is Robert Whittaker versus Jared Cannonier. Now, Jared Cannonier, originally a heavyweight, moved down to lightweight, then moved down again to middleweight, is number five ranked at the moment, going against number two ranked Robert Whittaker. Cannonier, he hasn't lost at middleweight yet. He's just beaten everyone in his path and has a great system of, like, throwing punches, Resting people to the ground, ground and pounding them and getting them out. Just winning every time. He's got a record of 13 and 4 going into this fight. He fights Robert Whitaker, who's got a record of 21 and 5. He's previously the middleweight champion. He lost to Israel Adesanya with that one. And he then had his comeback fight against Darren Till and won that. So this potentially looks like number one contender fight for a possible championship fight against Israel. It would mean redemption for Whitaker if he wins and to go get that belt back. Or it will mean a chance to grab that belt for Cannoneer for the first time and touch UFC gold. Notable fights on this card as well is Alexander Volkov versus Walt Harris in the heavyweight division. That would be one to watch. Laura Murphy versus... Lilia Shakirova. Shakirova. Yeah. Laura Murphy's a badass, man. You need to watch that fight. So, yeah, keep an eye out. Uh, and another, the last fight on the main... Oh, sorry. The first fight on the main card is Magomed Ankaleev versus Ion Kutelaba. Right? I think I've said that right. Anyway, Ion versus... <laughs> Magomed, this fight has already happened. If you remember, I can't remember which card it was, they did fight and Iron got hit with a big punch and he pretended to wobble, like be loose on his legs, and the ref called it off. The ref, like, just waved it off despite Iron still being st standing. He waved it off, like they sometimes do in boxing. Um, but then as soon as he did, Ayn kind of woke up and was like, what are you doing? What are you doing? He was just pretending. But if you play with fire like that, you're going to get burned. You can't you can't do that and expect to have it your way every time. You are playing with fire. It might not go your way. So there's an immediate... It's supposed to be an re immediate rematch. It's been called off a couple of times. Finally, we might get to see it on this pay-per-view. Right, let's go over to um, the prelims. So, like I said, you've got to be up at 1am if you're in South Korea. <sighs> which I will be. Which I will be. Um, we've got um, Stefan Struve versus Taito Avassa 
on the main event for the prelims. That's going to be awesome. Heavyweights. Taito Vasa, who should have been a guy that should have just been climbing the heavyweight division, but has had a bit of a setback. Goes against the bloody... He's got a better name, but he is a mountain of a man. It's like, how how tall is Stefan Struve? Six, seven, seven foot? Who knows? He's really tall. But that'll be interesting to see these two guys go at it and try and climb up the ranks a bit um, going up because they're sitting at 22 and 20. They're sitting at 22 and 26 on the rankings. Man alive. Yeah, they need to climb up quick. Oh, another one I got to point out in this uh, undercard is Da and Jung versus Sam Alvey. Now, Da and Jung, we saw on UFC Busan, who had a massive dominant performance with a knockout. This has been, how many months will it be? 10 months? 10 or 11 months since he last fought on that on that Busan card, going against Sam Alvey. I hope this really propels him up, man. I know he's going to win. He's 13-2 and two going into this fight. I know he's going to absolutely smash it. So watch that fight on the prelims if you can and keep an eye out for his name. Another one I need to mention, Casey Kenny versus Nathaniel Wood. Nathaniel Wood is English boy and they're both in the bantamweight division. And Nathaniel Wood's actually uh, seeded at number 16 and he's ex-Cage Warriors champion as well. So just keep an eye out, man. Keep an eye out. I want him to climb the ranks too. Right, I think that about concludes everything. Yeah, I don't think I've got anything more to add. I look forward to seeing you all on the next podcast. If you want to follow us on the social media, you can. Uh, on Twitter, we're at the Monday Cornerman. No, we're not. We're at Monday Cornerman. And on Instagram, it's the Monday Morning Cornerman. Okay? I've been your host, Luke Palmer Divers. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you again next time. Bye-bye.